Acts chapter 20 tonight, and we'll give you what the Lord really spoke to me on yesterday as we begin to pray what God would have us to preach, and he spoke to my heart, and I want to deliver what he's given me. Look in verse 24. Paul said, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. The ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Now, if you study through the book of Acts, you'll find there's some things, uh, Brother Danny, that did not move the Apostle Paul. Uh, Our brother sang about problems. Problems, number one, did not move uh, the Apostle Paul. I think we allow our problems to motivate us and move us a lot more than we should. Uh, He had problems with the brethren. The brethren didn't think in Acts chapter 21 that he should go to Jerusalem. But I believe in chapter 23, uh, the Lord standing by him proved that he was doing what God told him to do. Uh, The brethren don't understand when you stand uh, on God's word. When God tells you uh, what he says, then you've got to stand on that. Uh, When a lot of people around you are changing, uh, it don't matter if they change or not. I'm not going to let that move me tonight. Uh, The problems with the brethren uh, didn't move the apostle Paul. Can I say number two? The problems with the bureaucrats. You know, it's amazing that they never found anything wrong with Paul. Uh, They never had any evidence against him, but they, Brother Thomas, they never let him go, you see. Uh, We live in a day uh, that the bureaucrats, they want that same power. They want that same control. I'm not against anybody wearing a mask. I'm not against anybody getting vaccinated. But uh, we shouldn't be under communist rule where they make you do those things. Amen. As far as I know, this is America. Amen. Uh, But the bureaucrats, uh, uh, they're not going to move me. Amen. I'm not going to worry about that crowd. Uh, I'm just going to keep preaching the Bible and live for Jesus in the day that we live in. Amen. Not only that, uh, uh, Paul had issues and problems uh, with their boat uh, uh, in the midst of a storm. The storm had come in and destroyed uh, the boat. And sometimes a storm will blow in our lives and things will be turned upside down. But Paul said, I'm not going to let the storms of life move me. How many times in church have we seen people that problems come in their life uh, and they start missing Wednesday nights and then they start missing Sunday night and then they start skipping Sunday school and then it isn't long uh, that they're missing uh, the Sunday morning 11 o'clock service. The problem is uh, they've allowed those things to move them. One thing Brother Jack, maybe you could help me. You pastored for years and preaching longer uh, than I have and uh, I don't understand when people have problems uh, They run from God instead of to him. I I don't understand that. Uh, They leave church. They get upset. They quit. Uh, When you have problems in your life, you don't run from God. You run to him. Amen. Thank God there's a shelter in the house of God. This is the place that you run to. Amen. You don't run from. You have problems. Number two, we find that he had poverty. He did not let that move him. 
There is times uh, that you're gonna go through those slim pickings, amen. He said in Philippians, I know how to be full. He said that, that word full means to gorge. It means to have a, an ample supply. But then he said, I know how to be empty. He said in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Brother Keith, he experienced something I've never experienced. He said, I, I've been often hungry and often thirsty, had no food, had no water. He said, Brother Caleb, I've often been out uh, there uh, in the cold and, and nakedness. I've not even had a uh, cover to keep me warm. Uh, I can tell by most of you uh, and myself, uh, we don't go to bed hungry, amen. Uh, we eat when we want to. But Paul said, uh, I do know how to go to the cupboard and there's not one thing inside there. He said, but I'll tell you what, when that happens, I'm not gonna let that move me. I wonder... Brother Dave, I wonder how it would be if we went through a real famine and we didn't have what we eat now. I mean, we'd be barely getting anything that we could get. I wonder how our attitude would be. You know what we'd really be doing? We'd really be thanking God for how good he has been to us. Amen? We take things for granted. I do, and you do as well. But Paul said, I'm not gonna let the poverty in my life move me. Number three, the persecutions. Paul said five times he received stripes. He said... 40 save one, 39 stripes, five different times Paul had been whipped. Uh, sorely punished uh, three times with rods. What that meant was they hung him upside down and they took rods and they beat his feet until they busted and bled and swelled. Uh, Paul uh, was stoned and left for dead. If Paul walked in here tonight, uh, he would probably walk in here and he would probably uh, uh, be a limping, uh, have broken feet, uh, uh, scars all over his face uh, from the stones and the rocks that hit him. None of us had been through any of that and it amazes me uh, how little we do. Uh, I said we, uh, how little we do uh, uh, for Christ. Uh, uh, Paul said, I've been with. I've been stoned. They broke my feet, but I'm not moving. I'm gonna keep marching. I'm gonna keep serving. I'm gonna keep doing what I'm supposed to. What to God? We'd get a desire like that to serve God, amen. I said we. But I'll tell you what I wanna preach on tonight. Three things that did move Paul. My title is Three Things That Did Move Paul. Can I say number one, the lost and condemned, they moved the apostle Paul. He said, you know what? Brother Danny said, I ain't worried about my problems, but them sinners going to hell, that bothers me. Brother Jeremy, he, he talked about his family going to hell. He said, you know what, I can get over the I can get over the persecution. He said, number one, I'm a debtor. Romans chapter one, verse 14, he said, I'm a debtor. That means to be enslaved to the souls of men. If I'm not preaching to anybody, Brother Noah, tonight, I'm preaching to me. I told the Lord today in my study, I said, Lord, I'm guilty. I am not moved like I ought to be for the sinner man. I am not moved 
uh, to be as Paul. He said, uh, he said, I've got a burden. He said, I'll go to the Greek. He gives the classes of people. He said, the Greek, that's the civilized, the barbarian, the uncivilized. He said, I'm to go to all. Can I tell you that God calls men to preach, but he calls women and children and men to give out the gospel. That's every one of our jobs, amen. That isn't just for men. Paul said, I'm not ashamed to preach the gospel. Ask yourself, when's the last time you witnessed to somebody? Ask yourself that. I know we're not missions camp meeting. That's next month, praise God. But this will be a prelude to it, amen. Yesterday, we were talking at the dry cleaners and the lady was talking about COVID and the people that have passed away that I know recently. And she said, I know. And I said, that's why you better be ready to meet God. She said, I am. And I came out with my hands in the air. I said, hallelujah. And Patty said, what's that all about? I said, hey, she said she's ready to go. When's the last time you asked somebody if they're ready to go to heaven? You understand what I'm saying? He said, we have a call. But not only as a debtor, but he said, I'm in despair. If you looked up Romans chapter nine and verse three, uh, Paul said, number one, I have a burden. What kind of burden do you have? What kind of burden do I have uh, for the lost people around us, our neighbors, our co-labors, uh, those uh, in our family? When's the last time you cried yourself to sleep? When's the last time that you pushed away from the table? When's the last time I pushed a myself away from the table. God help us tonight. You know what we let move us? Problems. Persecution. We get our little feelings hurt. I can't believe they said that. Instead of being concerned about that person you know and love going to hell. I'm telling you, Paul would probably, instead of saying puke, I'll say throw up. He'd probably throw up in our average Baptist church today. They're nothing what Paul went through. <laughs> All these little uh, little problems we have, we let that move us. I don't understand people today. I mean, they give up so easy. Paul said, I'll tell you what moves me. It's sinners that moves me. He said, I've got a burden. But Jackie said, I've got a broken heart. He said, there's sorrow in my heart. Can I tell you what's missing today that I can remember in the late 70s? For y'all that was in church back in those days as a teenager. You know what was back in those days? A broken heart for sinners going to hell. Brother Jason, people wept at the altar. I don't care if a man preached on tithing. Brother Jeremy, they'd still go pray for their family. Today, it don't matter what the preachers preach. We hardly go pray because we don't want anybody to think we needed the message. We are so concerned about other people, about our life, what, instead of what God thinks about you and me. I, I really, I, I want to have a good testimony, but I'm not worried about what you think about me. I'm worried about what God thinks about me tonight. I'm going to tell you, I, Bobby Barn, needs uh, to be moved more with lost and condemned sinners going to hell. He said, I need to, I'm burdened, I'm broken. Then he said, I'd be willing to be banned from Christ. That word accursed means to be cut off. Brother Hayden, here's what he literally said. If I knew that my brethren and my countrymen, my kinsmen 
would be saved if I went to hell. I'd be willing to go to hell for my family. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine it, Brother Daniel? This man is willing. Brother Jeremy, this man is saying, if I knew, and we can't go to hell for anybody, and we know that, but Paul said, if I could, and I knew they'd get saved, Brother David, he said, I'd do that. When's the last time we've been in that kind of despair? That somebody that we know. I thought about what you was testifying. Next month already, be a year that my dad's been gone. Can you imagine that? Already a year next month, October the 2nd. But you know what? I'm going to see him again. I have that hope. I prayed so much for your dad. Dear God, spare his life. He don't have that hope. He don't have that hope. Oh, that we'd be moved for the souls of men. Uh, that we'd be so burdened uh, for our family. Uh, that we would be so concerned. Quit getting moved about the little persecution. Quit getting moved about the problems that come up. Quit getting moved uh, when things get tight. Get moved. Uh, that sinners are going to hell. I'm preaching to me tonight if I'm not preaching to you. I had to be honest with the Lord. I said, help me to be more concerned about the souls of men. Turn to Philippians tonight. Philippians chapter 2. Paul said, problems don't move me. Persecution don't move me. Poverty don't move me. He said, but loyal Christians move me. Look in verse 25. He said in Philippians chapter 2, verse 25, Yet I suppose it necessary to send to you a Paproditus, my brother, companion in labor, fellow soldier, but you're a messenger, and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness, because that ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick, nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I send him therefore the more carefully that when you see him again, you may rejoice and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in, in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation. You know what he said about this man? Caleb, he said he's, he's a companion in labor. He helps me do the work of God. You know what? There's a lot of parts that keep Bible Baptist Church going. You understand that? There's a lot of parts in here. A lot of parts. Brother Gravely is the pastor. We are working with him. You understand? For the kingdom of God's sake. If you work against him, you're hindering the work of God. But if you are a, a Paproditus, a loyal Christian working with the man of God, do you know that Bible Baptist Church has a name abroad because of you? You're the ones who make it up. You're the ones that come on Wednesday nights and Sunday morning and Sunday night. Uh, you're the ones that we have a youth choir and have a choir. Uh, thank God we have a missionary. I mean, we support many missionaries. Thank God for you, hallelujah. Paul said, I'll tell you what, uh, the problem don't move me, but thank God them old loyal Christians, that moves me, amen. Amen. We need 
Lord can get by without us, but he sure likes to use us. He likes them loyal Christians. Not only companion in labor, he said working, but a, a comrade in warring. We're fighting with the man of God against the devil. Brother Keith, we don't fight the preacher. We fight with the preacher. I see more and more. It used to be a Southern Baptist problem where the deacons try to run things. But that's starting, we don't have that problem here, I understand that. But that's starting to fill in in our churches across the land uh, where they're more fighting against. The Bible said in Numbers chapter 16 that Korah withstood the man of God. Didn't stand with, he withstood. He was against him. And so we're not fighting against the preacher. We're fighting with the preacher. And who we're fighting is the devil. And can I say this? We don't fight one another. Amen. Don't let the devil do that. Get in the midst and get people fighting one another and fighting each other. I'm telling you, the Bible said it's wonderful how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And I'm sure we don't have none of that issue here. But I'm just saying that a loyal Christian, would you consider yourself one of those? They are those who are a companion in working, but a companion in warring, fighting with the men of God against the devil. You know, the devil hates this church. You know that, don't you? He hates all these young people sitting up here. He hates Bible Baptist Church, and he'll do all that he can to destroy it. And sometimes he uses God's people. Sometimes he can use you. Sometimes he could use me if we're not careful. We don't fight against, we fight with, amen, with the man of God, a loyal Christian. He said not only are you a companion in labor, a companion in working, a companion in warring, but then he said this Epaphroditus is... A carrier, he's your messenger. He carried and took things to Paul from Philippi to Rome when Paul was in Rome. But I saved verse 30 for last. Let's read it. He said, because of the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life, to supply your lack of service toward me. He wasn't conscious of his own life. Matter of fact, he was upset because he found out that they were upset because he was sick and nigh unto death. That's the kind of man Epaphroditus was. You know what I, I thought, Brother Brian, and I don't ever get to be here because I'm on the road. I've been doing that for 27 years. But I thought, I, I don't want to get to heaven. And God said to me, you know, your pastor almost died because you wouldn't help him. See, here's what happened. Oh, Epaphroditus, he runs to the church of Philippi. And man, they're excited to see him. Just like Brother Daniel, if I had heard that you were nigh unto death and God raised you up the first time I'd see you, man, I'd hug your neck and we'd cry and have a time. That's what they were doing. Man, they were all excited. Pabroditis, thank God, God spared his life. And man, they're hugging and crying. And he said, oh, wait a minute, I almost forgot. I got a letter from Paul. And they began to read that letter and Paul said, the problem was not with him, but with you. And I imagine those tears and smiles turn into frowns and sadness. Make sure you're never the issue. Always do your part. Because there'll be a day when physically you won't be able to do your part. 
So do your part. Do your part. Do your part while you can. I mean, be faithful. Serve. Go. Do. Get, uh, whenever we start back to visitation, be on visitation. I, I, I don't brag, but I tell people everywhere, uh, when we had visitation, 25 and 30 would come out. Thank God for that. Amen. Uh, that's unheard of in these days uh, with a church our size. Uh, thank God for that. Hey, do our part. I was preaching along these lines at Brother Brown's years ago when they were up there working on the church. And he was out that Sunday night and I was filling in for him. And I preached about that, that chapter right there. He called me the next day. He said, what in the world did you say? I said, why? He said, we had more men out there on Monday than we've had the whole time we've been working. Amen. Because they didn't want to get to heaven. The Lord said, shame on you. Amen. Uh, the truth of the matter is uh, that we as loyal Christians uh, ought to uh, do the best we can for the work of God. This isn't Preacher Grabley's work. This is God's work. He's just the shepherd that God put over it. He's our pastor. Thank God that he's my pastor. I, I'm grateful that he's my pastor. Hallelujah. I've had two other men that I sat under. If I have a spiritual issue, I don't call those men. I call Brother Grabley because he's my pastor. Amen. Paul said, I'll tell you what. He said, you know what? I can, I can get past poverty. I, I can get past my problem. I can get past the little persecution I've had. I mean, they've only beat me and left me and stoned me for death. But man, I can get old past that. But I'll tell you what moves me is good old loyal Christians. Can I say thank God for you tonight, Bible Baptist Church. I appreciate your faithfulness, your, your kindness. When my dad moved here, he'd been here about a year you know what he said, Brother Dave? I mean, Dad's been in church since he got saved in 1974. He said, I got to move up spiritually when I moved to Bible Baptist Church. He said, I'm having the best time of my life at Bible Baptist Church. Let's keep it that way. Let's keep it that way. That this is in this area, 50, 100 mile, this is the best church to go to. Hallelujah. The Bible Baptist Church. Number three, and I'm done. Paul said in Corinthians tonight, he said, I'll tell you what moves me. The love of Christ. He said it constrains me. That word constrains means to move, to motivate. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse four. He said, when I think about his sacrifice, he said he gave himself. That moves me. When I'm tired on Wednesday night and I've worked all day and I say to myself, man, I'd rather stay home. I'm wore out. But there's something on the inside that says he took it all the way to the top of the hill. He gave his life. He died for me. He shed his blood. He loved me. I'm going. Hallelujah. Amen. When you want to throw in the towel, when you think you've had enough, you know what always motivates you? Is what he did for you. Paul said the love of Christ, it constrains me. It motivates me. It moves me. It pushes me. You know what? We should never get over that. But George, we should never get over the fact 
that we don't have to go to hell. We should never get over that. I mean, never. I'm telling you, we should never get over that. That Jesus paid the price. You should have been crucified. I should have been crucified. But thank God, Brother Chris, I don't have to because he did, hallelujah. He took my place. He took your place. And Paul said, that moves me, amen. Our text, got it down there, Ephesians chapter three. Not only the fact of the sacrifice, but he said we're established in love, rooted and grounded. You know what he's saying? Brother Donald, he's saying our Christian life is operated in love. Man, I, I, I've, I've heard a lot of preaching in my day and I know some fellas can peel the paint off the wall. Man, I'm telling you, they, they're against everything. But there's no love in that. I, I don't want to hear that. You understand what I'm saying? You can preach as hard as you want to, but make sure you preach it in love. That is the basis of our Christian life. He said, we know we pass from death unto life. How come? Because we love the brethren. My dad loved the church. He loved the people. You were his life. The brethren, that's all that he talked about. The brethren, you know what? He said that love, we ought to be established. Love ought to motivate us. That's why we live for God. That's why we sing in the choir. That's why we teach Sunday school. That's why we come on Wednesday night. That's why we go on visitation. That's why we tithe. That's why we give to missions because of the love of Christ, amen. We operate He said not only that in verse 18, the scope of love, the length of love. The length creates a line. But his love, it never started <laughs> and it never ends. He loves me today just as much as he did when he saved me. Isn't that a blessing? But Thomas is as sorry as I've been. He still loves me just the same. He said not only the length of breath, that creates a surface. Uh, his, his love is wider than the sea. It's wider than the world. It's wider than the universe. Thank God you can never outrun his love. Amen. We ought to show more of Christ's love in our life. The other day, this person, they kept aggravating me. They wouldn't get out of the way on the interstate. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, I, was, I wasn't going, you know, 100 mile an hour. It was just, I was just trying to go about 73 and 70. They just, you know, kept hitting the brakes, kept hitting the brakes. So I went around them. And man, they come right up and, got, and almost slammed. And, and I started to just get up as close as I could. And I said, the Lord wouldn't do that. And so I slowed off that gas. But I was really wanting to get, 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 get in there. You know what I'm saying? But the truth of the matter is love, the love of Christ. I said, the Lord really wouldn't do that. I want to push him along, praise God. But that ain't what God would do. So I kind of let off the gas. I know none of y'all do that. But the truth of the matter is that love ought to motivate us. Amen. Amen, Brother Keith. I see you're kind of pointing at you a little bit. 
the breadth of his love, the length of his love, the depth of his love, the height of his love. You can never outrun it. You can never go too high. You know what amazed my dad more than anything? You heard him testify twice a week for four years, at least twice a week. Sometimes if there's a revival every night. But what he couldn't get over, his lifestyle of sin, that God loved him in spite of all of that. The times that he said, you know, he told me, he said, if I knew he didn't love me like he did, I probably would have quit a long time ago. But that love, that love that puts up with you and me when we're ornery and we have that, that, uh, that, that, that attitude. When <laughs> the other day I was talking and Patty said, and she looked at me kind of quick, don't you raise your voice at me. It's what she said. And I said, oh, you know me, I just got a deep voice. <laughs> I was trying to cover it up. Truth of the matter was, I did raise my voice a little bit. And I said, you're right, I'm sorry. When we do all those things we're not supposed to do, God loves us anyway. When we fail him over and over and over and over and over and over, he loves us anyway, amen. Paul said, we don't try to abuse that grace. Thank God we can sure use it, hallelujah. One thing he knows about you, he knows what you are. David said, he knows my frame. Let me ask you a question. I'm closing. Tonight, what, what motivates you? What moves you? Is it your problems? Is it your persecution? Is it your poverty? You get overwhelmed by the things that you don't have instead of thanking God for the things that you do. Let's stand if you would tonight. I wonder if we'd get honest and get on this altar tonight and say, Lord, the lost and condemned don't move me like they should. Loyal Christians don't move me like they should. And the love of Christ doesn't move me like it should. You know, Brother George said it right. We don't have an ounce to complain about. God's been so good. 